We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. It's Monday, January 15th. Happy MLK Day. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Join with me as most Mondays, over the past couple of Mondays, taking a little time off. I haven't seen you since the new year. It's Mondays with McCool, it's uh, you know, you've been is it baby issues? Yeah, I mean, that this is what happens. Everyone, Steve, Steve's producing, they get new kids, and next thing you know, that everything goes haywire. It's all oh, the kids complaining, whatever. It's a six month old or whatever. Like, this is this is the reason I just want to highlight why kids absolutely negative EV. You have to, agree yeah, I mean, look, so. I, I apologize for missing the last couple weeks. Um, there there have been some kid things, but mostly it has been that I got COVID uh, and I was just shot. Like my entire family was just DOA for 10 days. Um, <clears throat> I got COVID on New Year's Eve. So I went into the new year shaking and convulsing and not doing great. I had a temp of like 105. And then three two days later, Damascus got COVID. He had a temperature of 104, and as a three-year-old, that's not great. So we dealt with that. And then Margaret got sick. She had a temp of 105. So it was just like 10 days straight. And then when you lead into the new year with COVID, there's some mental struggles that happen within your family. And uh, we had to deal with that. And then uh, we're also potty training for Damascus. So uh, we had to deal with all of those things over the first two weeks of the new year. Uh, and it was it was pretty brutal. But um, 
I am back online. I have a full new PC build. I bought basically an entire new setup for my PC for 2024. So all uh, all decked out in cool new tech and um, getting ready to uh, to start putting some things together to to crush out 2024. So um, glad glad that we're we're back. So you got a new PC, but same old camera and same old microphone. Uh, well, okay. So look, my, my camera and my <laughs> microphone are both really, really good. It's just that I don't know how to set anything up. Um, so I have to redo it every single time that, um, that I get a new PC build, but yeah, new PC, um, old, old camera and old microphone, but they work. It, it, They're fine. Does that make the, does the new PC make the projections better? It will. Yeah. Once it's fully integrated. Yeah. So what's the, what's the difference between the old PC and the new PC that, that it's going to, it's that it's going to matter that much uh considerably more computing power so i went from when i when i originally built my pc it was um three four years ago i think no three years ago three years ago and uh and i built it mostly top of the line back then but i skimped a little bit on uh on my gpu and um i didn't have as powerful a processor that i probably should have had but it, i mean it did did good work um but now i went from and people in the chat, maybe somebody will understand what I'm saying here. I'm sure that you won't. But I went from an i5 to an i9 uh, Gen 4 CPU. Uh, I upgraded my motherboard so it has higher capacity. I upgraded my power source from 850 watts to 1,000 watts. Um, I upgraded my GPU. This, this is the big one. Upgrading the GPU, I went from a 1660 Ti to a 4080 Ti, which is... But I mean that that only matters. I mean that's for your personal if you're gaming and stuff. I mean no, that's... no, nope, nah. How does because... the how does the GPU affect? I mean if you're running like, I mean if you're running Python, I mean what the, does the GPU matter? Yep. Yeah. So really on a sixteen yeah on a sixteen sixty Ti, which was relatively strong for the time for the time being, um, it doesn't have Tensor cores. It doesn't have CUDA accessibility, and it doesn't have uh, near the same amount of RAM that you can utilize when you are multi-threading for things like Python. So um, when, I, when I'm able to actually put in the upgrades, the upgrades are going to go into effect for baseball season because I haven't had time to, to fix anything for anything else. But when I do get the upgrades in, um, I'm going to be able to utilize significantly larger data sets and I'm going to be able to train models considerably faster and, and on more intricate ways. So... Um, I'm is it, is, it a, is it a time thing or a capacity thing? Like, it's both. is it just it's a matter both. of like you, before the what you would want to do would take like for a specific day would be like, well, I can't do this because it's going to take me six hours to do. Mm -hmm. And that's just untenable for like a one day's baseball slate. Right. But now this new CPU will make it so it's like, OK, you could run this in 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'll be able to like everybody knows I, I do game level simulations for baseball, but but. Uh, in order to do the game level simulations for baseball, I when I initially put together the code for it, um, I had to I had to cut a couple corners and make some assumptions about the data and kind of synthesize the data, um, which basically means like I was creating data based on similar instances, but I wasn't utilizing real data. So um, when you do a when you do a Monte Carlo simulation, what you should do, if you have access to the data and if you have access to the to the computing power, 
what you should do is you should use real instances of the players so you can create what their real range of outcomes is, right? So um, Aaron Judge has a much wider range of outcomes than Nicky Lopez, right? Like that, and, and when you do it that way, you can get a much more realistic and much more um, precise view of what a player's range is. The way that I was doing it, I was synthesizing the data. So I was utilizing what were basically um, like fake instances based on a player that was similar to somebody like Aaron Judge or similar to Nicky Lopez so that I could have a wider data set without actually having a wider data set, if that makes sense. Um, with this new that's CPU. Very, that's CPU very similar in, in, in digital marketing. We, we It's called lookalike audiences. Yeah. So like if you... If you're if you're narrowing, I mean, I'm just this is this is we're getting into geeky stuff when it comes to like I know the like obviously my my previous career was in basically data analyst for marketing purposes that yeah. a lot of times you you have this huge you have you have uh, anonymized data for like forty million people right mm -hmm. but then you're trying to you're trying to like market to like a very, very, very small set of people. And it's like, you could find like, you could find like, like 400 instances of that in like 40 million in a 40 million set. But the thing is, is that, right. that, you know, obviously the company that you're working for or whatever you, you know, want, wants to market to more than 400 people. So you take those 400 people and you go, well, what else do they like? And what else, how else do they, more similar to the other people where we may not know that it's exactly these eight criteria aren't perfectly met, but what are those types of, what type of music do those people listen to? Like, it's kind of like that type of thing where mm -hmm. you then extend it. So now you could have like a set of like 20 or 30 or 40,000 right. to utilize based on, you know, your best guess right. on the very small. So like Aaron judge would be like, you're looking for, you know, guys that fit that mold, but it could be from data from from someone else from 10 right. years ago. Yeah. And and to, to make it a very realistic example here, consider plate appearances. Right. I mean, if we have if we have rookies or if you work with short samples like I do, like sometimes you're only going to have guys who have seven, eight, nine plate appearances. Right. So how do you work with that data? Well, you can either take that at face value. And say, oh, well, what this player did in those nine plate appearances is representative of what he's actually going to be doing. But that's silly. So what you actually do and, and what I have been doing is synthesizing data um, and, and creating instances that are very similar to what that player has done. And then making an assumption that they are going to follow that path. Um, do, you use their, with, do you use their minor league data? I know Cardi. No. Cardi no. uses the minor league da data. No, I, I don't trust minor league data. Um, I, I think that it's. It, it is. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you should use minor league data at face value as if it's major league data. But I think what Cardi does is is regress them, like the right. The, in the minors, if you're hitting this, if you're doing this, that equates on average to a major leaguer doing. You know, mm -hmm. obviously not as good, but you know, like if if you if you're striking out a ton of guys as a pitcher in, in single A, like you're obviously not going to have a 32 percent strikeout rate in the majors, but Maybe the, the a type of person that strikes out 32% in single A maybe on average equates to a 21-22% strikeout rate in major A, and you're doing something more like that. You 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 just disregard that. You just you don't take care of the 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 minor league data at all. 
No, I, I, my baseline assumption is that every player will be average. So every single player that comes up from the minors, whenever they're in my lineup, they, they're always average also. So I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you should do that. Right. Because, because it's, it's likely that they're going to be average. It's likely that they're not going to be somewhere on the extremes on either end. And usually when we get a hyped up prospect, especially for DFS, there's a lot of that there's a lot of equity to be gained by assuming that a player is not going to be exceptional and assuming they're going to be average. You know, you'd think back to like Matt Manning when he had his call up for, for the Tigers, everybody was, he was like 40% owned as a rookie in a relatively bad spot. And if you assumed that he was average, he should have never been that high, but I, you know, I digress. Um, I, I do think that there is something to that. And if you can uh, train a model well enough on my league data to make assumptions about how a player is going to perform moving into the majors, I kind of do that intuitively when I'm looking at, at data and when I'm doing breakdowns and in, in like the discord or whatever, for a player that is coming up from the minors, I will usually go in and I'll break down the data and I'll say, yeah, I mean, they're, they're able to do this in the minors, but that usually means this. Or if they have a bad walk rate in the minors, then they're probably just going to get shelled in the majors, like stuff like that. Um, but I don't try to do it algorithmically because I've always just found that making the assumption that a player will be average is, is more effective and significantly less work. So <clears throat> um, I, I, I kind of... It's not that I completely ignore minor league data, but I don't introduce it into the sample uh, because I just think that there's better ways to handle it. Obviously, we break down a lot of the, the you know, these types of methodologies, not mm -hmm. as advanced in the theory of daily fantasy sports, but, you know, this is the type, this is the type of stuff that goes into our projections here at Roto-Grinders, that goes mm -hmm. into James's projections. Like, this is the nuts and bolts of how projections are made. They're not just, like, predictions. Oh, we're just going to... Oh, just some some computer made it up for something because you know there's a lot of people out there that's like I I know football I know baseball right well we explain all the mathematics behind you know understanding what those numbers are in theoryofdfs.com go there our fundamentals masterclass me and James uh, 15 hours theoryofdfs.com uh, JWH asked how similar is this to Dakota or Raptor? Uh, I'm not actually sure. Be honest with you. Um, or is he just I, making I, up stuff? Is he just putting in? Is it that I, I Bill Pacota was a was like a, a royal a baseball player in the eighties, and Raptors obviously a dinosaur, so maybe it's not similar at all. Uh well, I mean, I think that Pacota kind of does the same thing that I do with synthetic data. I think um i'm not sure how raptor works i i don't i don't dig far enough into the nba stuff to know how raptor works um i do know that raptor is is kind of like the of, of the people that i know and trust in terms of the people that actually do real nba work raptor is what they trust so i i trust it but i i don't know that much about it a defix asks aren't we at the point where you could use AWS, like Amazon Web Services or whatever, Microsoft Cloud, whatever cloud services to run everything instead of using your personal machine. And Daniel even chimes in and says, says that his personal machine is actually 10 years old and he does his low priority computations at locally, but his high priority stuff in the cloud. Is there is there is there a reason you prefer doing things locally versus the cloud? Or is it more of a comfort? Like this is what you're used to. Kind of a combination of both. Um, one, I I feel that I have a little bit more control 
over the way that I want to handle things on my personal computer. Um, and, and it is just kind of like the way that I have done things, but I do have certain things that I run in the cloud. So like I run NBA and NHL updates, um, through the cloud, I, I have an AWS script set up to do that. So I don't run NBA or NHL stuff on my home computer in terms of the actual simulations that I'm running. I run that stuff in the cloud when it comes to model creation, when it comes to, um, putting together models, I prefer to do that on my local computer because I use IDEs that make it much easier to code. Um, the other big reason, and, and the main reason is because of overhead cost. Um, it's expensive to run things in the cloud. If you are running significant computations like, like Hutchins does, um, there's, a, there's typically a significant cost of doing it. So for me, just running my NHL and my NBA stuff, in the cloud, which I, I think I have like five things set up to, to run on a timer, right? Um, it costs me about $16 a month to run all of those things, which that's that's fine. But Pater, I have an extremely low overhead cost in terms of the things that I do for, um, for running all the different sports. So for me, it makes more sense to run most of my stuff that I run in terms of like the, the the main baseline models, I run that stuff on my home computer mostly to save costs. Um, but I there well, there is says no he only spends he only spends two dollars a day, <clears throat> right? And I spend less than that. You can't afford two dollars a day. Of course I can, but when you're running a business, the overhead costs matter. I mean, it's okay. you're you're a nit like you you get it like if I can, if I can do it. I mean, that's sixty dollars a month. What's you were sure. making out that these costs? I was thinking that these costs are going to be in the thousands of dollars. Right, and for some things that I plan to do this year, they are. So this year, I do plan on getting into LLM LLM architecture and AI architecture, and that's one of the bigger reasons why I decided to do this big CPU upgrade. Um, I spent about three thousand bucks on all the hardware to make sure that I could train my own models locally. Now, and this, this I think, is completely... I think, uh, hold, hold on. I just want to get a clarification, James. I think that the difference is that, like, like Daniel's not making models. Daniel's just running his sims yes. in the cloud. Like, because he's using, oh, I know, I know, I know, Nerdy Tenor. He's not, he's not building MLB projections. He's using, like, he's using right. your MLB projections. He's using our auto grind. He's right. using Cardi's, right? So, so. The cloud costs for you to literally run the mod the models to build the projections probably mm -hmm. need more computing power than just simply taking that output and then running whatever you know Daniel runs with the you know simulate. I'm I'm assuming that's the that's the difference because I'm like what like I mean we always joke around you know nerdy tender supercomputer, but really the supercomputer computer like ninety five percent of the work is done by right. by sites like Roto Grinders that like give those inputs for him to use. So right. I would assume that's the reason that the, the cost would be much different because you have to plug in all of the data. I mean, imagine running MLB every day with all the data that's that's there and all the players and all the everything, and you're running game simulations. I could see that's way more computing power than, you know, just just kind of running like a simulation process on that, on the, the output of that. Data. Right. So what, what it comes down to is storage and computing power. So if I wanted to run everything on the cloud, I would have to pay for storage and I have to pay for computing power. And I would have to pay for it ramping up based on the amount of time that I would need to use it. Now, 
Nerdy Tenor, he runs his main sports, right? And and he runs things closer to lock, right? Or or within a certain time window. He doesn't have to set up um, timers to run it every 15 minutes like I do. I'm running, just for NHL and NBA, uh, I am running things, I have timers set up to where I am running uh, NHL and NBA. I run it every hour on the hour up until 3 p.m. Eastern. And then I run it every 45 minutes up until 4 p.m. Eastern. And then I run it every 15 minutes up until 5 p.m. And then I run it every 10 minutes up until lock for both of those sports, right? So I'm running it consistently. Now, if I wanted to set that up for NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, Call of Duty, League of Legends, Counter-Strike, you name it. PGA. How about the right? Mad- you can how about the Madden Sims? You forgot Madden, Madden Sims or Madden Sims every day, right? Like I would have I would have to have timers set up and and the computing cost for that would get exorbitant, right? I'm only running two sports and I'm running them on a daily script right now. And I'm not even paying for storage. That's a whole other thing, right? Like you you have to pay for storage eventually as well if you want to keep all of your data sets in the cloud. Um, if I were to run all of the sports that I run during like peak DFS season, we're talking like probably 15, 20 bucks a day just from running things. Oh my and, god, 15, 20 bucks a day. Holy god. But 15, 20 bucks a day equates to six hundred dollars a month. And that matters for overhead, especially with Pater, where it's not like I'm a million dollar company over at Pater, right? I mean, Pater makes uh, makes me a decent living, but like I'm not I'm not loaded by any means, right? So um, six hundred dollars a day matters, or six hundred dollars a month matters. If it was six hundred a day, I would understand. Six hundred a day, and and cool. then and then you know you add storage costs, right? If you want to set up a data lake, or if you want to set up a, a data server up on AWS, or if you want to set up a, a Mongo database or something like that, that has other overhead costs. And then the the granddaddy of all of it is, and, and this is this is kind of a sidebar to things, but um, when you are training AI models, which is what I'm going to be doing this year, and and working through LLMs and working through the, these these natural language processing models, when you're training that kind of stuff, that's when the cost gets gross. So Amazon just let out their their new um, AI kind of centric service it's called bedrock in order in order to train and run a custom built model for amazon bedrock it can cost upwards of two thousand dollars a month just to run it like without training it when you train it we're talking like ten thousand dollars a month what are you training what would you be training uh so i I have some plans kind of in place for what I'm going to be building out. They're kind of top secret right now because I haven't like gotten to it, but it's it's, it's something that I'm going to be All we need to know, James. On. Okay, fine. You're not going to. All we need to know is this going to turn into Skynet? Are we? Is, is it going to take over humanity? Uh, I mean, prob- hopefully not. <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> um, but all of this, is it going to turn? All, all are you going to create a being that gets sanctioned and then ends up in all of our DFS contests? And it's like, why, why can, why is, why is this user winning all the time? It's like, well, now James AI, he got, got right, out, yeah, yeah. he got out, it's, it, right? It's just James AI just entering every single day and and utilizing the future. Now, um, it's it's going to be something that I think is really really cool, um, and something that I think is kind of the next step in the industry, um, at least in one facet, um, but it is it, in order to create it, I I have to train it on on a lot of different data and. 
in order to do that, you know, I, I need to keep my overhead costs low and I need to make sure that I have really good control over the stuff that I am training it on. So, um, all of that said, like, yes, you can run everything in the cloud. You can, you can do your storage. You can run your sims. You can run your projections models. You can, you can create your models in the cloud. If you'd like there, there are plenty of different IDEs that exist, um, online, but the the more cost effective way if you're trying to be prudent about your overhead costs and if you're trying to be prudent about the amount of money that you spend on this kind of stuff uh if you can run it locally you probably should um that there are certain back, things you gotta back it up in the cloud right i mean like yeah you know, there's a fire in your place and uh oh there everything's gone well all of, all of my models are backed up in the cloud yeah like everything, I I don't I don't just save my models on my hard drive. Um, you don't you know, save I it on floppy should. drives. You don't put in a three Not and a half inch drive. floppy no. drive. You don't. You build your own computers. You could build in three and a half inch floppy drives if you want. I I guess I could. Yeah, if I really really wanted to, I could certainly do that. Um, and your model could fit into maybe maybe several bookcases worth of uh, of one uh, three and a half inch floppies. Honestly, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool right i mean like that's it, retro it, the, the process in order to back up your your model would take like seven weeks and and fifty thousand three and a half inch floppies <laughs> but it would be kind of funny like you, you walk into somebody's house and just like what is that stack of floppy disks like oh that's my mlb model <laughs> and no and the thing is to, to make it authentically to make it authentically late 90s you have to all of the floppy disks have to be uh, labeled over America Online uh, starter starter kit <laughs> because if you got or went back the navigator, to navigator right right the right, navigator navigator right because that's what you did right you yeah. get you get those 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 trial things in the mail right and then you you clip you clip out the 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 save whatever on the disk that prevents it from you know being written over and then you write over it yeah. and that's where and that's where you put your that's where you put your wares right. <laughs> Right, that's where you put your wares. Right, the pirate, the, all all the pirated software that you download. Yeah, that's where you uh, that's where you install your LimeWire, um, which is back, by the way. I don't know if you saw those ads on Twitter, but LimeWire. Oh back. no! See, I'm <laughs> I, I'm old school. See, I don't build I don't build everything you talk about building PCs. It's like, yeah, I I used to do that, but I mean that was like 20 years ago, right? So, and and you may all the stuff that you mentioned is like, oh, this is stuff that I you know. Like I, I feel, I feel like an old man because it's like everything that I and I, I that I was smart about computers is like completely antiquated now. It's like, oh yeah, like, like Pearl and and uh, and Cold Fusion. I, oh. I that was that was my day. That uh, Cold Fusion and and SQL, God knows SQL three point and some, something really. I mean, dude, I was building websites before CSS existed. Uh, you would probably have a lot of fun building websites now. Probably. I don't care about it now. I know. I know. You got other things to do. I get it. Well, no, it was so much easier back then. All it all it was was nested tables. You just could nest the table. No, no, no. It was dude, you can build a website in like 36 seconds now. You can legit like you you since you know how to set up domains and DNS and stuff like that, you could legitimately Build a website. I can set up like, a word. I can set up a WordPress-based website with a WordPress framework, or even like a Bootstrap framework, like whatever. In like, yeah. I, I mean, dude, I can make a site look like. Sir, I could make a site look probably better than your paid site. Yeah. In about maybe maybe less than an hour. 
You could a hundred percent. I don't, I don't doubt right. that you should do that to Pater. by the way. I'll pay you to do that to Pater. make it better. I don't, I don't, I don't like doing that shit anymore. I know you don't. That's why you won't do it. it. I've offered this before. Right. I'm, I'm a minimalist. I, I, I turned into a web design minimalist cause it just, it's easier. Right. Yeah, just minimalist true. design. Just it's, it's get, get in and get out. But also you learn a lot of stuff when you, when you're building websites for business purposes mm-hmm. that anytime that you start adding like bells and whistles, it actually hurts your conversion. And yeah. a lot of times it's like the simplest way forward is just there it is. Right. Yeah, just build it. Yeah. I got to get uh, the other thing that I, that I need to work on this year is marketing um, and like setting up. No, no one cares about, but no one cares about that in the audience. Well, I thought so, you were gonna mention something that you're working on as far as like actionable, like in DFS or or anything like like what we're coming. It's the new year, right? Because we you haven't been on in two weeks, right? right? New Year's resolution. So what what is, is your New Year's resolution marketing? No, <laughs> no. Uh, my uh, my New Year's resolution is is to is to um, actually train for a five k. That's like my main. Okay, but for 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 fantasy per in 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 this industry, what would be your New Year's resolution? Um, my New Year's resolution for this year would probably be for marketing. I I think so. I think that, and I'll have a video on on this later on on my YouTube channel. Um, but I think that this year there's going to be that this year is going to be kind of like a consolidation. I think of the industry. We've already kind of seen that with with the happenings over at Scotastic. Um, I think that there are, I think the industry has kind of gotten to a point where the the innovation side of things there has been a lot of innovation, but now we have saturated the market to the point where the innovation has kind of jumped the shark, and now people need to find find a way to kind of lay low for a little while until the next big innovation happens. And I don't see there being big innovation later on this year. Um, I think that this year there's going to be a lot of refining for DFS uh, and especially from like the tools based companies. I think it's going to be mostly about refining what has happened over the last year. Um, and I, that's the same for Pater. And and I think that it's going to be the same for Grinders, And I think that it's going to be the same for most of the companies. So my focus is more going to be on trying to set up marketing pipelines and really treat it more like a business rather than just treating it like a thing that I do. Right. And, and that's hard for me because I'm, I'm a builder. I'm not a marketer. I'm not, I'm not a voice. I'm not a mouthpiece. So trying to focus more on that. I know you, that's what you do. You're, you're a mouthpiece. Um, trying to focus more on that and trying to focus a lot more on um, just putting the models and the work that I've done in front of people and saying, hey, here's everything that's really cool. Go check it out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and trying to figure out the best way to do that. I also want to work on other avenues other than just Twitter. I think that that's a big mistake that, that the DFS industry has is that it's just filled with a whole bunch of old white dudes that don't know how to use the popular social networking sites. Oh, you can, are I'm you going to do dances on TikTok, James? Are you going to yeah. do dances? I might. I might. We'll see. But but I really do. I, I think that there's there's a large portion of of the of the player base that is just not even being being touched by by a lot of the DFS companies because we just don't have as, as our core competency is not social networking. Our core competency is not those things. So I want to focus on that kind of stuff and and focus on kind of expanding because 
I think that that's what just needs to happen this year. I don't think there's going to be a lot of innovation. I think that it's going to be mostly refining and trying to expand. JWH says, uh, I think Sim Labs will be the biggest innovation for Roto Grinders this year. Because so obviously, we got NBA, right? So if you, it's in beta. So if you're a premium member, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. You get NBA Sim Labs, uh, which obviously you're not going to be able to use until like closer to lock because of so many things that need to be run when yeah. people are in and people are out, right? But that should be coming for MLB for the start of the MLB season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, most people would probably be maybe surprised with what my, if you want to call it a New Year's resolution is. You're no, very surprised. Uh, it's probably not good on a show to, for me to say on a show like this. Uh, I believe that uh, salary-based fantasy sport, daily fantasy sports contests are not even in, in when you consider this in whatever you consider the industry, which I consider anything where you're wagering money on sports performance, right? So however you consider prize picks, is that daily fantasy? Is that sports betting? How survivor contest, best ball, what like and what what bracket does that I just lump them all in? Lump all of these types of anything that you could do when it comes to I I'm going to play a game where I wager money yeah. either against other people or against a number or against something or whatever. That this whole industry, I believe, uh salary-based. Daily fantasy sports, such as you're playing the two-game contest tonight, you know, for for DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever, <clears throat> is not even in the top. If you are the best at it, you would it would you would not even be in the top ten of highest edges that you could have in the in the bracketing of what you could do in this in this space. Sure, that. My new my New Year's resolution, like last year, by volume, right? And I only had sports betting for basically the last three months of the year. Of course, I did prize picks and underdog. There's only so much you could do on prize picks and underdog, right? My volume was like, last year was almost 75% not salary-based DFS. And I... If if a tr- if I truly wanted to make a New Year's resolution, like that for the, what would be the best for my play, I'm I would say probably to spend zero dollars on salary based DFS. Hmm. That I don't doubt that. Only only because the edges and everything like did I I think there's more value, at least to me. There's more value these new formats, these new hmm. bet types. There's so many there, dude. I mean, be careful on who, what, what companies you're putting your money with, <laughs> right? Because you don't know if they're solvent or not, but the edges apparent in all of these new products, all like whether it be playoff best ball, like, dude, this is not a game that, that is solved. This is a game that has amazing. Like I saw, I saw what people were doing in playoff best ball and said, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish that I actually, like, I, I'm not a big be- into best ball for the full season because I think there's better places to put your money, but I don't, I admit that there's an edge there 
But in this playoff best ball, I saw people drafting and stuff, and I go, so it's almost a simple concept. And why, like, you have to read the rule. Different sites have different rules on mm-hmm. how the game is formatted. And you you take a look at this and go, these these games are kind of easy to conceptually solve. Obviously, there's a ton of variance, but like how correlation, leverage, and projection, like all those three concepts, correlation, projection, and leverage, exist for all of these types of games, all of types of bets, all types of everything. And there's just like DK pick six, yeah. right? Then it's not available in Kentucky, <laughs> but like there's a much bigger edge in that than there would be in DF in, in standard oh, yeah. DFS. Or now DK has these progressive parlays where they're kind of like treating it as like a prize picks card. Now the, the, the hold on these is higher than prize picks, but I guarantee you that if you have access to these, that if you, if you're doing it based on props, there hat, there's going to be something SG dude. There are people that I know that hack SGPs. Like on like, and every, they say every site has flaws in their SGP calculations. And a lot of times it's team-based. It's, you have to look for them. He said, but if you look for them, you'll find them. Right. Mm -hmm. But you just got to look for them. And when you look for them, you find something that has like a five plus percent edge that you could do forever until they fix it. Right. Uh, As long as you don't tell many people about it or anyone about it. Uh, I, I, my resolutions be more focused on that type of stuff mm-hmm. than playing even showdown like a- MMA. I believe I have an edge, but my edge in MMA contest is still like nothing compared to it's nothing compared to just betting the roto grinders prop model in any sport anyway. Right. And that's like the lowest hanging fruit. Like that's like the lowest stuff. And that's the type of stuff that goes away over time as mm-hmm. more as the markets get more and more, you know, mature and people use those sources more. So my attitude is, is that I need, and, and it really was my attitude over all these years. Also that sports betting would get more and more legal. Mm-hmm. And then these betting products would come out where game theory was needed because you're not playing against the house anymore. You're playing against other people. And truthfully, seeing what products are coming out like that initially, the liquidity is not there to make a ton of money in it. And that's why right. a lot of people have not focused on it because they go, well, I can't put down 10 grand on DK pick six and make a lot of money, but you can put a grand down and get yeah. a decent, a, a much bigger edge than you would on, on, uh, standard dfs so i know it's bad on a kind of a, i mean the, the whole point of this show is to cover all of that right right this is roto grinders today roto grinders better collected scores and odds action network fantasy labs like we're this spike week we're all in this space this is supposed to be a show for everything but you know i don't want to be the one to say uh, dfs isn't dead it's just that i i think there's a much bigger and easier edge in other aspects of this industry that the time that I spend on my DFS lineups have gotten, it's not worth it to, I, I like, I think it's much more, if I wanted to play DFS tonight, let's say for the two game slate. Yeah. I would, I would literally just run sim labs here at Roto-Grinders 
and select five lineups and then be done with it. Yeah. Like, like, like that's how, like playing NHL, me playing NHL DFS, it takes me like seven minutes to make, like, it's just like, like, okay, I'm playing three lineups, three to five lineups. Let me run a whole bunch of stuff, right? Let me cut out, you know, use our, the portfolio trimmer that we have in the advanced course. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it up there, right? I have an Excel tool. James made it, right? Portfolio trimmer. I run 300 NHL lineups, right? Different stack configurations. Then I cut out the ones that are too high on for their projection. Then I'm left with like 18 lineups and I just choose five of them and I'm done. Total time, like seven minutes. And then I'm spending more of my time throughout the day going, okay, what, what prop, like what books have the worst numbers at this and worth what looking through me. I've, I've, I've last week, I was just looking through menus. Yeah. I was exploring the bet 365. I, I really haven't looked into, I mean, yeah, I, I use bet 365, but it's not, it's only like six or seven States. And I found like on the other show, I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going off, but I'm just giving you an example. On the other stream that I do, which is after this show on my own YouTube channel, we were theorizing. We 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 came up with whether or not, like bet three, you could middle uh, significant strikes in MMA, because hmm. bet three sixty five is the only book that offers significant strikes in MMA, but Prize Picks and Underdog do also, right? And their numbers are a lot of times very different. Like mm -hmm. very like off by like twenty or thirty significant strikes, and I theorized that maybe there's a way that you could middle these like mathemat. Like I don't know how you because you have to put together the parlays. But once we started looking at that type of stuff, I'm like, what other stuff like that could possibly exist? Right. And I think there's tons of it. You just have to look for it, and you just you can't treat it as like yes. You could feel free to get your 20, 50, 100 props in. Feel free to play your couple of lineups in DFS or your 150 in DFS. But I think there's a lot, there's a lot out there that's exploitable where just simply going through SGP menus and going like, should should this correlation count as much as they say that it should count? Mm -hmm. Does it really? And sometimes, sometimes there's an edge. I don't want to give away a little bit of alpha. Sometimes there's an edge in negative correlation where they're overcounting the negative correlation mm -hmm. and you actually get an edge in that regard. Like to me, those types of things, not only is it like refreshing because it's, it feels new because it's not yeah. just like standard DFS that I've been playing for almost nine years now, mm -hmm. but my resolution should be not to just play salary-based DFS because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. And go, is this the best place for me to put my money today? Or is there a better place to put it? And if there is no better place where I want to, then to me, DFS, daily fantasy sports, salary based, classic, we're used to. That goes on the bot. That like I do everything else. And then once I get to that point, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll play DFS today also mm -hmm. type of thing. So that's my, new, so, that's my new, no marketing. I don't need any marketing for that. That's my own play. Right. Yeah. 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 You, you don't have to worry about that. Um, here's, here's what I will say in terms of that. Oh, Hey, it's snowing. By the way, it's snowing in Tennessee. I'm very happy about this. I love snow. I missed it. I haven't seen it in years. Anyway. Um, you're from Colorado, right? 
Yeah, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen snow since we moved from college. Okay. That's ex- it's exciting. I like snow. Okay. Anyway, okay, I'm, um, okay, it's exciting. I think that that there is it one, I think that there is going to be a lot of edges that you can exploit together in other ways. Right? Like the the peer to peer stuff there there is only so much cannibalizing that you can really do. Eventually, you're just trading money back and forth. Um, I I do think that there is going to be more edges available in other games, and I agree with that. And and I have found when I am betting consistently and not going to Denver and then you know completely destroying my betting stuff for three days. Um, I have found that I, I have around a, an eight to 12% edge or so in, in just in prop betting. And, and that's, that's cool. That's great. Um, and, and that is a more consistent stream of revenue. I also think that what, what you said about it being fresher, that's one of the reasons why it feels so much better because I think that you probably have the same edge in DFS that you do in general prop betting not not in prize picks not in pick six i do think that there is crazy edge in the peer-to-peer stuff that's going to come out but um i i think that the edge still exists there in dfs and actually i think that this year baseball is the the edge is going to be ridiculous in baseball this year because what you said about oh for nhl i just go and i run a couple models and i i run through the portfolio trimmer and then i just play and, and it's seven minutes I think that people have gotten complacent with the amount of tools that we have in the industry and the amount of projections and think that things, especially with how NFL went this year, I think that people are going to trust projection-based tools more than they should when it comes to a game like MLB. I think that when it comes to things like NFL and NBA, you probably should just be prop betting and doing prize picks and putting together cards and doing pick six and stuff like that. Like the, the DFS side, of dealing with what we have dealt with in NBA, even where we just hit January and I'm like, we've already had instances of stupid stuff happen in NBA. Um, but I, I think that when it comes to the event oriented sports and the higher variance sports, I think that people are going to this year, especially be much too confident in how good projections have gotten in the industry. So that's the only pushback that I'll say on that is that I think event-oriented sports, you probably still have significant edge in DFS. Whereas in the more linear-based sports, I think that you're probably much better off just doing prop betting and putting together cards and stuff like that. I do think that there is a balance between those two things. Um, but but in general, I agree that the industry is kind of moving towards betting and cards and that kind of stuff. And I, and I do think that that needs to be a bigger focus I think that there still needs to be a focus in teaching people how to do these things instead of just turning into a company that just wants to push picks and like put together that kind of stuff, right? Like that's where I think that Scotastic is going very wrong is that they are saying, oh, well, we're just going to put together and, and, you know, opinions on Scotastic aside, them wanting to turn into more of kind of a, Oh, here are the picks. Come to us for prop for where your bets are, or whatever. Right? Like, I think that that's kind of the wrong way to go about this. But um, 
either way, I do think there needs to be a bigger focus in the industry on betting and cards and stuff like that. But I, I think that the edge is going to be higher for DFS this year for event-oriented sports than we have had in the previous three or four years at the very least. Well, we'll, we'll, see, how it, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Just to let you know, heading into the end of the new year, I mean, this, sh- this show, you know, is not just DFS, right? That's why yeah. I would say everything you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick them, right? Which could we could talk about best ball. We could talk all to me. I consider all of that combined. And now as I utilize and play these certain formats, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I, I bring what I learned to to everyone else. That's kind of the point of, of this show. It's like, it's Roto grinders today, everything that's going on. Yeah. NBA DFS, NHL props, uh, college football, whatever. Like, like it's all encompassed in, in one thing. And I just think that from a content perspective, that more focus needs to be made on like the holistic view of everything. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to build a model for DFS contests, like you could, you could repurpose that for so many other things. I mean, like that's, that's kind of what I always pitch here at Roto Grinders is that, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be playing NBA DFS. You know, the NFL is winding down and I'm not, I may be back for baseball. It's like, dude, the amount of the stuff that we have on Roto Grinders. Right. Like, dude, like Australian Open is is, is starting today, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, we, we have tennis projections. We have ten like okay. I'm assuming they're fine. I mean, I'm not I, I don't I don't play tennis, or whatever, but who who says that that whoever, you know, bet 365s, aces are anywhere close to, to accurate in comparison to our model here. Well, mm-hmm. feel free, right? I mean, you could use Roto Grinders even, even if you're doing this for entertainment purposes, but you still want to be competitive and possibly profitable. That what's going on today? And you just go, okay, well, we always have the information. We always have projections. We always have have Sims and lineup mm-hmm. HQ. Any, any contest you want to play, Madden Sims, for crying out loud. If you want to do that, right? Then we, we got a builder for that as well. So don't necessarily take it as, as like, oh, it's like, we're just D like Roto grinders is just DFS. It's not no. Roto grind. It's, 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 it's basically all the information you'll need that could at least start your journey to beating all of these other types of games, right? All did new format comes out. The first thing you should do is like, let me download the NFL projections and see, you know, some Yahoo comes out with some weird format from some, you know, any type, dude, any type of game that exists and go, okay, let me run it through and let me conceptually go through and go, okay, I'm playing playoff best ball. And you would like, look, look at what people were complaining about yesterday. They're going to be, they're going to be playoff best ball teams that are dead in the, in the Super Bowl because they have cow that advanced because they have Cowboys, even though they're, they're not going to get any more points. Right. They're dead. Yeah. Right. They're dead. Right. right. It didn't matter. It didn't like it. It didn't matter how many points that the cow, that the cow. And I see all these, all these, uh, depending on the format of playoff best ball. And I saw these teams and I said, okay, this team's dead. I mean, like before the games even started, right. it's like this team is literal. Like you built a team that literally is dead. 
Now, literally, like, there's there's no possible way for you to advance. Either you got this, you got all these players in the Super Bowl, or you never got to the Super Bowl. And it's more likely that one of the two, but like, uh, great, I I drafted all, I drafted a Ram stack. It's like, well, if they make the Super Bowl, then you're gold. But they didn't make the Super Bowl, so you're dead. Right. Right. So you take a look at this, and you go, some of these formats. People are building as if they were playing regular best ball over 16 weeks with a 17-week playoffs and then, like, not understanding the site's rules and going, well, I'm just going to stack. I'm going to stack this team. And I'm like, I wouldn't stack any team. Like, I'd be, I'd be like, you could sort of stack teams, but just understand that the only way that a stack team, overstack team works is if they crush literally every week of the playoffs. And otherwise, you're not advancing. Every... What? Otherwise, you're not advancing. Like, or it, otherwise, it you're right. Matter. Right. That's the, that's kind of the point. It's like otherwise, you're not advancing. It's like, dude, only like one out of six teams in your in your pod is going to advance, and it's easy for a losing team stacked to even advance, and then you're dead, right? right. But I'm just saying that those are the types of things that that I'd be looking at. But James, uh, paydirt underscore dfs on Twitter. This is you said your New Year's resolution is to help it, it increase your marketing. I'm yeah. giving you 30 seconds. Do your marketing. <laughs> uh yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Pater underscore DFS. And then you can find all of my projections over at paterdfs.com. Um, lots of really cool stuff in terms of stat simulations and um prop betting and game logs and stuff like that. I have correlation tools over there as well. Um, building out some more stuff for for betting and prize picks and all that different stuff. And also, speaking of pick six, if you can play it, to my knowledge, I'm the only one that has the lines that are available for download if you want to use utilize those for your own play. So with subscription, you can go over and grab those as well. We we got those here also. As a downloadable format for just the lines? Not, a, not as a download. Okay, you're right. Then I will give that to you. Not as a downloadable format. It's part of our pick'em tool, but not as a downloadable format. I don't believe at least. I'm assuming it's in some grid. I'm assuming Jimino has it in a grid that if you knew where to download it from, that you could. But uh, I was I was talking to Jimino about it the other day. Yeah, okay. it's, it's yeah. We 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 were going over why they don't have a, a public facing API because it's annoying. But uh, I, I he has access. I know he does. Right. Okay. Doke. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit that notification bell to know when we go live. We got we got we got stuff today. We got we we got NFL. We got There's NHL. We got stuff during the afternoon. Yeah. We got. We got NBA, Embiid, is he going to play? Who knows? He won't have a minutes description, uh, restriction if he does, but we don't know if he's going to play. We we probably won't even know. It'll be two minutes after lock that we'll know that he'll play. So <laughs> good luck with good luck with that later. Uh, I'll be back uh, tomorrow. And uh, just, just uh, I'll be saying these programming notes throughout the week that uh, next week from the, the 22nd to the end of the month, I'm on a cruise. I won't be here. Right, I'll be back on the February first, so that you know James won't be back till the fourth. So I just want to highlight every single day that next week there will be no Roto Grinders today. Then until February first, and it's not because I'm dead, and it's not because they fired me or anything like that. It's because I'm going on a cruise because I know that if I don't mention anything, I'm going to get a message on Monday that asks me if I'm dead. Did you die? Are you stopping doing the show? It's like people take days off. It happens, right? So I'm going on a cruise. So 22nd through through the through the 31st, I won't be here. So just want to remind you on that. But hit that thumbs up button. 
And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. We're doing hockey tomorrow. Tim's on tomorrow. Some NHL DFS. So tune into that. And uh, every, Monday through Friday, I'm here. Most Mondays through Friday, I am here. 11 o'clock in the morning. Talking about all things you're thinking about. In Daily Fantasy, props and pick them. On Roto-Grinders, today. 